The Mind Aware 192. Well, it starts with you feeling good. So excited to have 15 to 30 minutes of just pure fun right now. This is going to be good. Yay! I love that. <laughs> Oh, that sounds nice. I'd like that. I'll mm. just look at that for myself right now. Be perfect every minute of every day. Never have another drop of sugar. Because I think if you say that to people, everybody's going to freak out. Hi, Dana. It's great to see you. I mean, not see you, but be with you today. <laughs> what I found to be the secret. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be great? I love it. You know, when you're clear, what you choose to show up in your life will and only to the extent that you're clear. That's the amazing capacity of the human mind. This is Dana Wild with Ready for More, and welcome to the Enjoying the Ride Teleseminar series. Today we have Dr. Eric Pearl with us. So I'm very excited to introduce Dr. Eric Pearl. Dr. Eric Pearl ran a highly successful chiropractic practice for 12 years until one day his patients began reporting that they felt his hands on them, even though he hadn't physically touched them. Patients soon described receiving miraculous healings from cancers, AIDS-related diseases, epilepsy, chronic fatigue syndrome, rheumatoid and osteoarthritis, birth disfigurements, cerebral palsy, and other serious afflictions. All of these miracles occurred when Eric simply held his hands near them, and to this day it continues. Dr. Pearl will share his remarkable story and discuss what leading scientists are discovering about reconnective healing as hospitals and universities around the world embrace it. He teaches how to activate and utilize his new all-inclusive spectrum of healing frequencies that allow us to completely transcend, quote-unquote, energy healing and its myriad of techniques. So we access a level of healing beyond anything that anyone has ever achieved. To date, he has taught his new level of healing to over 60,000 people in more than 70 countries. Wow. Spawning a global generation of healers. So please, everyone... Help me welcome to the call, Dr. Eric Pearl. Yay, the crowd goes wild. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Pearl. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Good. So nice to have you here. It's just awesome. I'm so excited to jump in and talk with you. How are you this fine day? I am great, thank you. How are you? Just terrific. Just terrific. So I, I suppose, I know you get asked all the time, over and over and over again, to tell your story, but it is really just so amazing. I hope you don't mind if you'll indulge us and and tell it one more time for anybody on the call who may be unfamiliar with you and your work. Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. I practiced as a chiropractor for um, about 12 years when one day a few strange things happened. A lamp next to my bed turned itself on and woke me up wasn't anything seemingly spiritual or metaphysical. It was just a lamp next to my bed. But at the same time, it felt quite clearly as if there was somebody in my home. Now, I can't really explain to you what an uncomfortable feeling it is, the sense that somebody's in your home when you wake up after being asleep for a while. So let's just say I got up with a knife, a can of pepper spray, and my Doberman pincher, and I went hunting through the house. <laughs> after about 20 minutes, 
I realized there was no one there that I would be able to find, which I didn't mention. There was no one there, or there was someone there, and I couldn't find them, but I let the right part of my brain take over, the left part of my brain take over, and I convinced myself that it had to be my imagination, so I went back to sleep. But on that Monday, when I went into my office, seven of my patients insisted out of the blue that they were feeling people in the room with us, standing, walking, running. It even felt as if somebody, two of them said to me, it felt as if somebody was flying around the ceiling. Now, this was my 12th year in practice. No one had ever said anything like this to me before, so you would think that this would have gotten my attention. But other patients were saying things such as, I can feel your hands before you touch me. And I'm thinking, oh, yes, sure you can. Close your eyes and lie down. So as they had their eyes closed, I would hold my hands in different directions, anywhere from several inches to several feet to several yards away from them. And they could tell me what I was aimed towards, whether it was aimed towards their ankles or their shoulders. Their eyes started to rapidly dart back and forth and back and forth. Their tiny little involuntary muscles in their forehead will begin to just really kind of ripple, I guess is the best way you could explain it. Um, and pulling at their eyebrows or the muscles would start rippling in their chin, pulling at their lips. When they opened their eyes, they tell me that they were seeing colors that they had never seen before. They were smelling fragrances of flowers that they'd never before smelled. And they started reporting healings, real healing. They were getting up out of wheelchairs, some of them, vision and hearing returning. Patients were coming in later that week showing me laboratory results where their cancer tumors had vanished. Parents of patients were calling me, parents of my younger patients were calling me and saying that their children's epilepsy or cerebral palsy seemed to have vanished. They were able to walk and run and play and speak normally, not have seizures any longer, um, didn't require any more medications. Of wow. course, not 100% of the people have this response. Just as with medicine, nothing is 100%, but enough so that we began to recognize that something real, something substantial, something significant was occurring. Doctors of my other patients would call me and say, you know, what do you do? I said, I didn't do anything and don't tell anybody. And of course, the more I said that, the more people talked. It was like Nancy Reagan trying to just say no to drugs. And everyone started coming in from everywhere going, I'll have what she had. And the next thing we know, patients are calling and asking me to teach this. And I said, teach it? you got to be crazy. I'm standing there waving my hands in the air, looking like an idiot. You go outside, wave your hands in the air, let me know what your neighbors have to say about it. Wow. Yet, they would call me after they left my office and they got home and they would say to me, you know, I drove up in front of my house and before I could hit the button to open the garage door, the automatic garage door opened by itself. Or I walked inside the house and my lamp or my television or my stereo started turning itself on and off and on and off. And I felt sensations in my hands and I would hold my hands near someone in my family and my grandfather could walk again after the stroke or my aunt regained her speech. And we began to recognize that once we interact with this, what science calls a new spectrum of healing, something changes. Something changes within us that not only allows for us to access our own healing, but allows us to be able to facilitate healing for others. Wow. So this was the background of how this came about. So can I ask you a couple of questions? Because it is really such an incredible story. And if you don't mind, I just want to kind of 
revisit a couple of things here. Sure. Because I can imagine, you know, you're a traditional chiropractor at the time, and now you've got these patients that are coming in. It's not just one patient or two, right? I mean, it's several people that are experiencing these miraculous healings that you're talking about. And It was seven they, right in the very first day. Seven in the first day, did you say? Yes. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's just incredible. So you know, at first, were you trying to figure it out in your mind? Like, were you trying to label it and say, okay, what are these quote-unquote feelings or that somebody's in the room? Are these angels or is this something paranormal or am I losing my mind? Or, you know, did you, I mean, what was that experience like? And do you have any kind of thoughts or feelings on that right now? My thoughts went to all of those places that you suggested. All of them. Am I losing my mind? Am I imagining this? Is this real? What's happening on different dimensions? I was in a state of awe, I guess all you could say. It was something that was clearly so big, it was bigger than anything that I would have imagined that I'd even never heard of that I just knew that I was in the presence of something very powerful and all I could really do was observe it, simply observe it without judgment, without assignation of, of meaning, just just be there and observe it and be in the wonder of its splendor and its elegant simplicity. So so what was the timeline, you know, that it took for you to kind of go from awe I mean and I can imagine, I mean I'm trying to put myself in this situation and I could almost you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I could see myself almost being in denial, like, oh, my gosh, this can't be happening. And then you go through another stage, I suppose, where you figure out, like, okay, it is happening, and what is it that we've got here? Like, how long of a process was that for you before you really got to acceptance where you went, like, okay, well, here it is. This is working. These people are being healed, and all this stuff is happening. Was that a really long process for you? It's ever-evolving is what it is. When I was a young child, I'm going to say somewhere around the age of four or five. I remember having a bad dream and telling my mother that I had a bad dream, but I knew I was dreaming. And she said, well, if you know that you're dreaming when you're having a bad dream, the way to wake up from it, if you want to, is to blink your eyes three times really hard and then the third time hold them wide open. And you know what? I've got to tell you, that really works because I did it as a child when that would happen and it really worked. Well, the reason I'm telling you that is because not that this was a bad dream, this would have been an, a good dream, but just the same. I remember one day about five or six months into this, I was leaving my house to go to the office and I was, I'd walk outside, lock the door, and there was an alarm system right there and I was setting the alarm system. And I thought to myself, maybe I've lost my mind. Maybe for the past five or six months, what's really happening is that I'm somewhere in a coma in a hospital, and this is all one big coma dream or illusion. And so when no one could see me because I was facing my front door, I blinked my eyes three times really hard and I held them wide open and I didn't wake up. So if this is a dream, welcome to it because you're now in it with me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll take that. So far, so good. I'm enjoying the dream so far. <laughs> so I think we're going to be fine. So, yeah, it's amazing. It's just incredible. And I, I know I want to get into some of the details on this reconnective healing, but I really don't want it to be lost, the power of this story. And I, 
I'm hoping you can speak just a little bit to one more piece of what happened with your patients. Know your story, and that is they actually started, several of your patients started, I guess, what would you say, channeling messages to you or something? Is that the word? You could say that they were channeling messages or that they were speaking in tongues, except that the tongue was English, and people who speak in tongues don't speak to people who call it channeling, but that's a whole other story. They had messages for you or something like what that. Happened, what happened was, was I had a patient who had been a patient of mine for a while, a year, year and a half, something like that. And then he had gone out of town or something for maybe six months. When he came back, he came back to see me as the chiropractor that he had been seeing all this time. But he didn't know that the healings had started. And while he was lying there on the table, he lost consciousness. And suddenly, a voice came through him, and the voice said, we are here to tell you to continue doing what you are doing. What you are doing is bringing light and information onto the planet. Then, two days later, it happened to three other patients. Their heads rolled back, their eyes rolled up into their skull, their mouth opened, their tongue moved, the air came out, the air sort of condensed itself into a voice, and they said those same two phrases. We're here to tell you to continue doing what you were doing, what you were doing, bringing light and information onto the planet. And then two of them added, what you're doing is reconnecting strands. One of them added, what you're doing is reconnecting strings. The very first patient came back in later that week and said, what you're doing is reconnecting strings. A few days later, it happened to five other patients. And over a three-month period from approximately... January of that year through the middle of April, over 50, 50, over 50 different patients lost consciousness and they spoke six word for word phrases. Then it stopped coming through all of them except for the very first patient that it came through. And this first patient, I would continue to ask him periodically if he could still access that voice. And he didn't always like to do it. He felt a little awkward about it, but I could often get him to acquiesce. And I would tape record those sessions, and I later had them transcribed onto paper so I could see them and read them. And we've collected them over the years, and we're putting them out into a book that should be released in February of of 2013 on Hay House. Oh, how exciting is that? When you think about all of this, the, I guess well, let's call it evidence, that kept coming at you, you know, it's almost like I just want to say like the reluctant healer or something, you know, like there's got to be a movie in it somewhere where it's like all this evidence keeps coming forward of first people are having healings and all these miracles are happening. And then you've got patients, like you say, speaking in tongues, except the, the tongue is English and and all of these messages coming at you. And, and so what had to happen after all amounts for you to finally go, okay, I get it? You couldn't deny it. I got that it was important. You couldn't really deny it. Um, it was happening right in front of you. Lights were turning on in the middle of the night and waking me up about twice a week. Um, I, when I would wake up and go to turn the light off, there'd be a door somewhere inside the house open that I'd closed before I'd gone to sleep. Um, this didn't just happen at my house. If I went back to the East Coast where my um, family lives, I stayed at my brother's new home. It happened right then when I did it. Um, um, wow. It happened in other people's places. Um, so something real, something significant was occurring. 
As a matter of fact, this information that we're putting into the new book is about how to access a level of healing and access in doing that is about accessing your greater self because when you access your greater self, uh, forget about all the energy healing techniques. It's not about that. You become the healing yourself. You become it. As a matter of fact, if you want, at some point during the interview now or later, I can share a little bit of the new book with you if you want to hear some of it. It's in a very interesting languaging, though, because it is channeled information. Yeah, I I would love to do that, and we can definitely talk about that a little bit later in the interview. And actually, I think I'd love to talk a little bit more about this teaching others to do it, too, because then what I'm wondering is what made you decide that or how, how did you come about learning that this information could be taught? Because on to the naked eye, all of these experiences, it would indicate that you are a healer. And so what caused you to make that jump to go, oh, wow, I could teach other people to do Well, this? for a while, I didn't think that I could teach it. And so for a number of years, I was doing this myself day in and day out, 10 hours a day, six days a week. And I loved it, absolutely loved it. Although I realized that this level of healing was limited on one hand, by as long as I did it that way, by the number of people that I could touch as a single person. And in the process, I found that other people with a little bit of work were being able to learn how to access this. So um, an adult learning school contacted me once and, and sort of pleaded with me to please teach this. And I said, all right, I'll try. I said, I don't know how to. So I took a massage table. I went in to do a class. There were only about 25 people there. And um, I spoke about the work and how it began. I let people feel it in their hands. I brought them up to the table one-to-one to work on it and showing them how to feel it and find it and utilize it and access it. And then I sent 25 unsuspecting, well, I should say, then I sent 25 new healers out onto an unsuspecting planet, and it started to propagate from there. So today what happens in the seminars, when we teach these seminars, I'm on the road approximately 45 weeks every year, 42 to 45 weeks a year, teaching these seminars all around the world, living out of my two oversized suitcases. What happens at the seminars when we teach people is that it's usually a Friday night, then all day Saturday and all day Sunday. So what happens on the Friday night is it's a three-hour presentation. We talk about the history of the work, the theory of the work, how it developed and evolved the science, the research studies about it. Then we um, bring up some volunteers from the audience to give live demonstrations of the healing so that you can see the reality of it for yourself, maybe on yourself or in someone that you know. And we give everyone an opportunity to feel it in their hands. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the Friday night portion. But Saturday and Sunday is very different. It's a working seminar, so I'm going to warn you all right now, do not come. And I mean it. Do not come if you think we're all going to sit around, hold hands, own and sing Kumbaya, my Lord, and beat the drum. It will not happen that way. What happens is, is that there's a stage usually in the center of the room, massage tables on one side and chairs on the other. And while we're in the chairs, I might demonstrate a level of the healing. And while we're talking about the philosophy and understanding this, and then we'll all go to the massage tables, sometimes in groups of two, sometimes in groups of four. And I will walk around to each table, and so will our internationally trained team of teaching assistants, and we will show you how to feel this, how to find it, 
how to work with it, and you'll start to see the person on the table in front of you physically responding, their eyes rapidly darting back and forth in voluntary movements with their fingers and their feet. You start to recognize that, hmm, my hand is here, I feel this sensation. I see that response in the person. When my hand is over here, I feel a different sensation. I see their body physically respond a different way. When you start to recognize your clear role in the interaction of taking them into this healing stage. And then we go back to the chairs. We talk about what we did. We discuss a few more things. We demonstrate a new level of the healing. We come back to the tables again. And by the end of that one weekend, and I mean one weekend, I don't mean years or months or even weeks, by the end of one weekend, I can pretty much make you two promises, which are A, you will be able to do anything and everything in the way of healing that I can do. And B, you will be able to do anything and everything in the way of healing that any human being anywhere on this planet can do, whether they were raised by monks in a cave in the mountaintop and step and fed grains of seed, each one blessed by its own individual llama, or whether they moved to a church deep in Brazil and changed their perfectly good last name to Of God. It doesn't <laughs> matter the story. What matters is our willingness to transcend the stories, to demystify the healing process and allow ourselves full access to it, to transcend the technique, transcend the healing toys and the rituals, and stop trying to do the healings and instead simply become the healing so that we can inspire the healing in everyone between the interact. Well, you know what? You touched on so many things there that I, I want to ask, and so let's just start with the most basic, and that is can can you explain, because it's incredible to think somebody can learn this in a weekend, you know, and that's it, be as good as anybody who's ever done it. And so can you explain just what is reconnective healing? Like what is going on? How is it that we can learn it in a weekend? Once we interact with this expansive bandwidth, of healing frequencies, it changes us. Now, this takes a, see, our energy healing techniques here have been energy, and energy healing. Reiki, Jirage, and Shin, Shigong, Mahjong, Beijing, EFG, XYZ, 1, 2, 3, it's all about me, Alpha, Beta, Delta, Gamma, whatever we want to call these things, they've been different subsets of energy, just energy. But now, with time expanding the way it is as we're moving into this new period, we are accessing and facilitating more of what's been going on in the universe that has not been here before. So it's timeless because it's existed in the universe, but it's new here for us. Now, this concept can tend to royally piss off some people in the New Age community because they want everything to be old so that they can claim being familiar with it, you know, from their 33rd time that they were Cleopatra in the past life or something. But sometimes something is just new. And isn't that wonderful? Because we are also here for what is new, a new level that takes us beyond the subsets of energy, beyond the entirety of energy, and allows us to access a spectrum of energy, light, and information, aspects of the energy, light, and information that have not been seen here on Earth before, so it's new for us. And this can only be accessed when we let go of the limitation of our techniques. See, our techniques, in a sense, well, let's pretend that we want to study the stars in the heaven and the sky. So the first thing that we might want to do automatically is probably go out and get a telescope. We study this portion of the sky, then that, that 
portion of the sky, then another portion of the sky. But eventually, our soul wants to see the bigger picture. And the only way that we can see the bigger picture is to put the telescope down so we can see the whole thing. It's like religions. I view them as being various windows out into the universe, out into spirituality. And you might spend your whole life looking out of one window. So maybe the one that your parents and your grandparents looked out of, and your window might show a synagogue, someone else's might show a church or a mosque, someone else's a mountain or a river or a lake or a stream. And so we think that the universe looks like our one window. Then maybe we meet someone else whose window shows something different, and the first thing we do is we argue over whose window is right until we gain the concept of understanding that there are more facets to this diamond than just one. And that with the facets, the diamond shines more brightly. So then we decide to start looking out other windows. But even if we look out of every window, we'll still never see the whole picture because the view from the window will be limited by the window frame and it'll be further limited by the wall that supports the frame. So only when we all go outside and up to the roof to have a party can we see 360 degrees in all directions. That means only when we transcend the technique, the telescope, can we see and ask, access the bigger picture. Now, there'll always be someone who comes up on the roof carrying part of the window frame and the wall with them. And they're the only ones who don't realize that their view is being limited by that aspect. That's why we can't access this fully and add techniques to it. That's like going up to the party in the roof, carrying the window frame and the wall with it. That is such a good analogy. It blows my mind. That is such a perfect analogy. I really I want to recap just briefly because you just see so much. It's amazing. You were talking about a new spectrum of healing, a bandwidth of healing, so to speak, and all the old modalities were different subsets of energy, but this is something new. This is something that has not been here before. And if we're willing to let go of the limitations of the techniques, uh, we'll have the opportunity to see the bigger picture, you know, get rid of our, our myopic view of the windows and see the bigger picture. I really, I know, I hope everybody is really getting the full impact of the words that Dr. Pearl is sharing here. Sit tight. We'll be right back. What's going on with you? You seem so up all the time and your business is on fire. What are you doing? I started Train Your Brain You. It's the only program for entrepreneurs that addresses mindset and business growth strategies. The idea behind the program is that when you feel good, you act great, and it's awesome. You can check it out at trainyourbrainu.com, and that's trainyourbrainu, the letter U, dot com. Is it expensive? Seriously, it's like you're a whole different person. It's only a dollar a day, and you get all of the latest tools to help you stay positive and grow your business. You would love it. Where do I go again? TrainYourBrainU.com. That's TrainYourBrainU, the letter U, dot com. Check it out today. So I want to come back to where we were talking at, kind of about letting go of these limitations, because this is a different modality than, and I don't even know if you'd call it a modality even with reconnection. You don't. It, it seems to be such a huge genre of healing, its own field that's so comprehensive that all the energy healing modalities that we know of and techniques and approaches are just one part of this because they're parts of the energy 
And this has the entirety of the energy and expands it into lighted information. So it's like we've been looking at different threads from the tapestry, and suddenly we have this huge tapestry that includes all of the gorgeous threads that we've had so far. Is a lot of this unlearning everything we know or kind of, uh, is the word allowing maybe a good word for this? Is well, let me put it to you this way. We teach these seminars, yes, allowing is a perfect word. We teach this seminar to children and what it takes two and a half days for adults to learn. It takes about two hours for children to learn because they don't have to unlearn things. They don't have to get rid of their fears and their rituals and their egos and thinking what they need. They're not invested in saying, but I've got this certificate and that certificate on my wall. So they just simply allow themselves to access it. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense to me. Can I ask you, this is a question from our audience, too. They want to know, is this the kind of a thing where you have to believe in it for it to work? Absolutely not. When these healings first started happening, my patients were coming in to see a chiropractor, and I thought I was one. And you can't double going to study a whole lot better than that. Later on, when people started coming in from halfway around the world, they were often pulled, pushed, shoved, or dragged by a well-meaning friend or relative. And they'd find themselves in my office. They'd be glaring at me, saying, I don't believe in this. I only came because my wife or husband made me come. I think this is a pile of garbage. And I said, well, you don't need to believe in it. Why don't you say to yourself, maybe it's real. And maybe it's not. But whatever it is, it's a rare and unique opportunity for you to lie down in the middle of the day and rest your eyes for 30 minutes. So shut up and take it. And guess what? <laughs> These were the people who have the healings. If anyone didn't have a phenomenal healing that they were able to recognize right away, it weren't, wasn't these people. It tended to be the people who came in believing in it too much. The people who came in going, I know this works, it has to work, I've read every book ever written on healing, I'm sleeping with all the crystals under my bed in perfect formation, there's a full moon, so I'm only turning in clockwise circles from, you know, full moon to full moon, and quick heal me now. And their neediness, their attachment became the limitation. But the person who didn't believe in it, well, it's hard to be attached to something you don't believe in in the first place, so the healing simply came through. Right, which is why it works with kids so well. And the other question I wanted to ask, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about the bandwidth of energy, light, and information. So can you explain a little bit more I don't, about what it is? Like, I, I keep, I'm sorry to keep harping on this, but I keep asking myself, is this what people would call source energy or God energy or? Everything we've had here has been energy. We've existed in a four-dimensional world of height, width, depth, and time. And in quantum physics, they often illustrate this as a bubble. So imagine a tiny little bubble in this huge, vast, endless universe. And that bubble has been our existence. The wall or the cell of the bubble is comprised of height, width, depth, and time. And the interior of the bubble is energy. So that's why we explain that everything we've had here has been energy. But time is moving faster now in all directions at once, which means that our bubble is expanding further and further out into the universe. So it's encompassing more of the universe that's always existed. But you see, the universe exists out of the, not inside of the limitations or the constraints of the illusion of time. That's our existence here. So as we get more of the universe that's been timeless, it becomes new to us, and that's why we're able to access things for the very first time. It's allowing us to reconnect with our original fullness 
that we experience when we visit the light between these lifetimes, when we allow ourselves to become totally, completely one with the universe in a timeless existence. It's kind of exciting for me because, of course, the whole philosophy of this show is that things are, are good and getting better all the time and that it's amazing kind of the direction we're moving in and you're such a facilitator of that with this material. A little bit nervous just in even making that, you know, commitment or in talking about it because I think, and I don't know, maybe our listeners are having this experience too where you think, well, I wonder, can I really learn how to do that? Like, it seems so out there, you know, can can we really learn? And so can you speak to that a little bit more? I mean, you really do have a lot of success with this or has somebody come in and there's like a certain percentage that just, oh, you don't have it, you can't learn how to do this? That's what I was afraid of for the first two years that I taught, that maybe some people couldn't learn it or that it couldn't be taught. But now, after having trained over 70,000 people in full weekend seminars, I realize that there isn't anyone who can access this as long as they are willing to transcend the the use of technique and healing toys in various accoutrements. So it's a really just a willingness to, to do it and to keep trying. And Instead of saying that it has to do with a willingness to keep trying, what it has to do with instead is the willingness to observe without judgment to the degree that we allow ourselves to simply be present as the witness and the witness, the seer and the seen, the observer and the observed. Then we find that the universe displays the beauty of the healing process before us, and we're simply functioning as a catalyst by bringing our open presence and consciousness into that equation. That's beautifully said. I want to repeat that, the willingness to observe without judgment. So once you kind of understand this and have the weekend and are able to connect with this and learn how to do this, how much of your day do you spend in this kind of a state, this willingness to observe without judgment state or this reconnected state? You know, do you get angry at your computer? (laughs) I was going to say less less than I would like. Um, I wish I were my message, but I'm not. And to tell you the truth, most people that I've met out there teaching are working to be their message, but they're not. I think that once we truly become our message is when we either find a greater message or we transition the body because we've learned. Exactly right. You know, they always say, too, that we teach what we continue are wanting to learn ourselves, and it does, you know, you're right. That's the reason we're here. I mean, maybe you share some of your personal beliefs on this, but one of the things that take teams with what you just said is kind of the reason I think we're here, we're physical, is we want to be in the mucky muck. We want to be here having a variety of experiences. You know, if we wanted to be bliss all the time, we probably wouldn't choose to be physical. I mean, I don't know. What do you you think about that? I believe that we're here to discover bliss. We're here to discover what we long to desire. Now, I didn't say we're here to discover what we desire or what we long for. We're here to discover what we long to desire, what we want to want. For example, if you know people who have been trying for a long time to quit smoking or drinking or gambling, as examples, and they say, I really want to quit, I really want to quit, but they don't. They want to do it. That's their problem. 
Quitting is something that they don't want to do. What they want is to want to quit. In the experience of accessing reconnective healing, you experience that stage that otherwise is just something that we read about, think about, talk about. So in it, you experience the existence you so long to desire. And as we spend more and more time in that existence, we step into it more readily because then we truly desire it. Wow. I know. I wonder if everybody else has this sensation I'm having right now where I'm just going to have to listen to the replay to get to get all of the nuggets <laughs> that you're putting out. <laughs> because, you know, it feels like just even this, this, you know, call we've done right now, this could be a whole study. Like, we could start a study group around this and just, just sit and, and take each of these nuggets and really absorb them because this is big. This is really powerful stuff you're talking about. I love it. Now, I, we're going to wrap up here and we're going to close the call. Do you want to take just a, a few seconds to tell us what's next for Reconnected Healing? Can you tell us, is there something, you know, it sounds like you've got this new book on the horizon. I mean, so many exciting things happening right now, right? Well, we'll be um, we'll be expanding once we have the new book. And my patient, Fred, who is the person who um, brought the original channeling through, is co-authoring the book with me. and. Um, Hay House will be releasing it, the new book, but that's pretty much the new part of what's coming up. Well, thank you so much. This was amazing. I just had such a fun hour with you, Dr. Pearl. It was just incredible. You are just so, I have so much information and such a powerful force in the world. Do you have any kind of parting advice you want to give everybody before we say goodbye or any I last think thing? really my, uh, the only message that I want people to leave here is with is that there is no one special healer anywhere on this planet except for within you. And it's our responsibility to step into that role so we can spread this consciousness onto the planet so soon we don't have to learn it. We'll simply pass it on. The people with whom we interact will pass it on to our children. And there will come a time in the not-so-distant future where a young child looks up at their mother and father and says, really, the people really used to swallow poisons to try to get healthy. Mm. Wow. That gives me goosebumps. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you everybody. Yes, I really appreciate having you here, and we appreciate having you all here, too, to listen in on this, because we can't do it without you. We'll see you next time, and have a great rest of the day, and thank you again, Dr. Pearl. Have a good one. Thank you. There's nothing quite like a being a rant say it over and over and over again because it makes me so happy to have something that rhymes. Stop Cancel Clear, all my love is here. Stop Cancel Clear, all my power is here. Like, oh my God, I was always told never to be selfish. I know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I just love it. It's just the little things, right? See you next time on The Mind Aware Show.